Hey guys, how's it going today? I have been working really hard this week to try and up our ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And by really hard, I mean I have been annoying everyone that I know and I don't know and strangers to go leave a review. So if you're listening to this, please take the time to leave a review. It's the best way more than anything else, more than a good website or Instagram to grow this podcast. So please take the time to do that. This has to be one of my favorite interviews so far with Kaylee Hutchinson. Just like with Rob Murray, when I started doing the research with him, the more and more I researched, the more I just became in awe of the person. So Kaylee was suggested to me by Joey Moore. He was our Monday podcast. And so I knew she was a really good player. I knew she played on the Riveters with some of my friends, and I started doing more and more research on her, and she has really done a lot to prosper the game. I mean, she was the first from her school to be drafted into professional women's hockey. She played in the first outdoor game for women's hockey. She is just a phenomenal person. She has created the Wade Warriors. She is the co-founder for that, which is a summer team, a spring team that goes around and helps get these younger girls noticed by colleges and boarding school scouts. And everything that she does is really out there to better the game and to better the sport. And it's so amazing to me. On top of that, she is a nursing student right now. And I thought about this after we finished our interview, how guys hockey is really amazing, but Once they become professional players, they're really able to focus purely on their game. So I almost have to give it to women players because they don't have that same benefit, therefore meaning that they have to balance their time management way better. They have to figure out a job that'll pay their bills and how to make workouts work and how to stay on top of their game. And Kaylee's one of those people where I'm just like, I don't know how she does it because she balances school. She balances 12-hour clinicals and working out and being with her team in the game. So I'm just in awe of this woman so much. I hope you guys enjoy this interview, and here you go. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, good, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for letting me interview you. Yeah, of course. It's nice to officially meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I had Joey Moore on the other day, and his episode will be out on Monday, so it's not even out yet, but I was asking him, who should I have on, and he threw your name out there. I was like, yep, we'll do that. (laughs) Joey was actually my prom date when I was a senior in high school. Really? Yeah. (laughs) What does your daily schedule look like? It seems like you would be so busy. You're a nursing student, right? Yep, so it's definitely busy, like, kind of just depends, like, sometimes all my lectures are, like, four hours long, so some days I'll have two lectures, that's usually, like, on my Wednesdays, but Tuesday, Thursdays are, like, the crazy days, because I have clinical, which is a 12-hour shift, so it's, like, 7 to 7.30 p.m., and then I have hockey after in New Jersey, so I wake up at, like, 4.30, work out, grind, and then I'll go to practice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is yep. crazy. Were you ever nervous about balancing it, or are you really good with time management? I'm definitely good with time management, but I actually was a nursing major at Maine, mm-hmm. and I had, like, a really hard time there with it, 
because, like, for a professional hockey, it's not as intense as, like, the D1 schedule. Like, D1 schedule, I was at the rink probably for, like, five hours every day or more. Um, we would have captain's meetings or we'd have, like, anything, like – volunteer opportunities that we would do and then I worked as a tutor so that was like way too hard so I put it on pause there but now it's much more doable for me yeah I was wondering what is the training like between d1 and professional is it very different pretty similar I would say it's definitely similar it's just more it's less time that you have to like be somewhere so like I don't have to be in Jersey you know, five days out of a week, but I still have to, you know, work out on my own, skate as much as I can. Um, but we only like meet twice a week. And then if we have games, it would be four times a week. That's awesome though. Did you ever dream that you would be playing professional hockey? Yeah. I mean, I, I was a freshman in college when the NWHL first started, but there was a team, the team that I'm playing on, the Riveters, they were, like, more based out of Long Island. So I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, this is, like, the end goal for me. So it's definitely been a dream since that freshman year of college, which made it so much easier to, like, work for something. Because I feel like a lot of girls, like, I mean, probably before the NWHL was a thing, didn't really have much to work towards after. Like, it was pretty much, like, college hockey, and then it then it's nothing or if you're lucky enough to play in the Olympics, you had it. But now it gives people something else to work for, you know, mm-hmm. while playing D1 hockey. So it's pretty cool. It is, and hopefully it helps to motivate and get people even more dedicated to the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that you attended national camp a couple of years in a row. Were you ever – did you ever have aspirations to play in the Olympics? Yeah, I think – I would probably say anyone, really, who went were, like, you were kind of in the mix for a little bit. And, like, I went to school in Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. I went to Northwood School. So, like, I think I saw a miracle, and I was like, yep, I'm going to go to Northwood. And it's because I'm in Lake Placid, you know, I'll probably make the Olympics. <laughs> so that was kind of, like, def- that was definitely, like, the first overall goal. Like, as soon as I was a kid that's like all I wanted to do and it's a lot harder than my dream <laughs> anticipated but I mean you know people are still getting good chances out of the NWHL so like there's never the door's not necessarily closed but it is hard because there's just so many amazing players yeah I know because originally I wrote did you have aspirations and then I realized I'm like wow no she could still go like you don't know what happens and she's still playing so I think that's phenomenal yeah, definitely. And I think there was, I think her name's Haley uh, Scamara or Scamara. She played in the NWHL for the Buttes. And then from playing in the NWHL, she got invited to camp. So she was kind of like the first one from the NWHL to really like start that movement. And that's so exciting. So I noticed about the Wade Warriors. That's mm-hmm. your project, right? You're a co-founder and director of it. Yep, that's with my um, best friend. Her name's Ashley Wade. Um, she, we grew up playing hockey together. She's a couple years older than me, but um, she's the, um, really like the heart and soul of it. She played hockey till she was seventeen, then she got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So her whole like other side of hockey career was just giving like girls an opportunity to you know do what we didn't have when we were younger. And do you like working with kids of that age? Yeah, I mean, I originally, when I first started, like, I find when, like, 
people or men or women are like fresh to college we're like we want college level because we have all these like high demands that we need to meet so like you see these little kids and you're like how do you not know what like a one two two is and they're like seven years old but I actually adore the U10 girls they are just so cute and so good and it makes me so happy seeing the little girls play because I feel like when I was younger like I didn't start playing hockey till I was like 11 12 Mm -hmm. now we have like little girls playing so early and it's causing such a increase in skill and um you know just amount a number of girls that are playing so I love that age group specifically I know I was looking at some of the stories you put on your Instagram like oh my god they're so cute (laughs) I know and they're so good like I don't know if you saw like the highlight videos but they like go bar down like end to end bar down and I'm like you probably just scored a better goal than I have ever scored in my life (laughs) yeah but you're teaching them that (laughs) yeah yeah sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) so how did you get into playing Why'd you pick it up so late? So I actually started as a figure skater. My older brother, Nick, he plays too, and so is my little brother. Nick now plays in the ECHL for the Adirondack Thunder. My little brother's at UVM. So we were just like a huge hockey family. Mm -hmm. So I think just like going to the rink all the time, like watching my brother play, my parents were like, you're going to do the same. So I kind of got forced into doing it. (laughs) But... um, I obviously ended up loving it, and that's mainly because there was a girls' team, and I got to have, like, a sleepover every weekend, and then I got good, so Mm -hmm. then I just kind of stuck with it. But then my mom is also, like, a diehard Ranger fan, and she's kind of the main reason why, like, my brother started playing, so she's probably, like, the heart and soul to the hockey family. Did she play at all, or she's just a big fan? Just a huge Ranger fan, but no, her and my dad cannot play (laughs) hockey. No. No. I put on a clinic at this rink I used to work at a couple years ago, and it was just, like, for all the moms and, like, anyone, like, over 21 that was a female and wanted to start playing, and it was so much fun. They all just, like, snuck their own beers in the locker room like you guys are Oh, my God. Yeah, they're they're beauties. I want to be like that when I'm done playing. Yeah, right? Definitely. So you went from Northwood. What was the decision to play to prep school? So, like I said, like, we're based out of Long Island for the Warriors. So me and Ashley, like, we grew up with, you know, playing boys hockey. And there was a girls team, but there wasn't a lot of depth and not a lot of, like, heart and soul in it like it is now. Mm -hmm. So the only option was to keep playing boys when I was getting, like, smoked, like, every game because, like, we were checking and stuff, so, and they're just so big now. But I think that was really the deciding factor because there wasn't really anything else around me to provide me with the opportunity to, like, you know, get seen by, you know, different colleges and stuff like that. So that was definitely, like, the biggest influence. So you played boys up until, like, Bantams or something? Yeah, whatever that last year is before you go into um, high school. So I stopped playing when I was 13, I would say, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So long ago now. (laughs) I know. Blast from the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you were a captain there. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of where, like, I learned how to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Just the school in general. Like, it's so corny when you're, like, in school. You're like, okay, like, these core values, whatever. But, like, I've actually implemented them, like, into my life. It's, like courage, compassion, respect, integrity, all those things have kind of been like the baseline of like who I am as a person, not only as a leader. So 
I really think that those years at North were the four years there really kind of just shaped me into being who I am and knowing how to like just treat people and be a good person. And those are your core values or those were core values that you guys established as a team? It was actually the school's core values. Okay. Yeah. Did you think about going to any other boarding schools or you like that one because it was close to home? So I looked at like all the New England prep schools and I mean, I think at that age, like everyone, that's all they ever talked about. But like I said, I watched Miracle and I was like, this is where I'm going to school. I don't even care about anything else. But I was looking into National Sports Academy as well, which was also in Lake Placid at that time. It's not around anymore, but I was like heavily between those two compared to any other ones. And then how did you end up at UMaine? The head coach at Maine, he actually has been following me since I was like, I like, 13 or like I don't know around that age when I first started it's probably like my second year of girls I've like really escalated so it was the year before you could first go to national camp and he watched me in Lake Placid and he when I committed he told me that he always knew I was going to come to UMaine he just was waiting for me to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of so he kind of followed me for a while but I really think the decision to go there was more based off like the experience I had on my like visit it was it was a hard time. Like I was originally verbally committed somewhere else. And then they told me that they didn't want me anymore. And I wasn't good enough for their school. So it was like going into my senior year of high school and I had nothing. And um, Ricky called me in for my visit. And, you know, we just, I just explained to him like why I wanted to play D1 hockey and, you know, why this meant so much. And, you know, why getting that, having to change schools last minute was so difficult. And I was crying. My mom was crying. The other head coach, their married couple, she was crying because she was, like, pregnant. It was, like, a really emotional, like, intimate conversation. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm already going. So, and that was kind of it. That's nice. That's awesome that they were there to help you out. That had to be such a scary moment to hear a coach, especially someone that you're committed to, say, like, yeah, this just isn't going to work out anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just, like, hurts the ego for sure. It was like, (laughs) like, how do – and the worst part was my whole family was with me because we were like, oh, like, we're coming for another visit. Like, I'm probably just going to, like, sign my letter of intent now. But it was like – it was just, yeah, not a good situation. But, I mean, I, I it made me end up at Maine, and, you know, now I'm in the NWHL, so, like, definitely everything happens for a reason, and it just made me, like, hungrier to prove, you know, to him every time I played them or to anyone who, you know, may have heard my story that, you know, I'm definitely more than capable of being a Division One player. How do you feel about people that commit at very young ages? You know, Having, like, gone through college now and, like, changed my major, like, 15 times, I, like, I definitely don't recommend it because you just don't know what you want. Like, I was so different even from my freshman year of college to my sophomore year of college. Like, I just think it's really difficult, and it puts a lot of pressure on them. And, like, now that I see with, like, my girls and the Warriors, because we start, you know, from 10, but we go all the way to 19, like – when someone commits, you just see, like, the ones that aren't committed just kind of, like, deflate around them or they're, like, more on edge. And there's so much pressure on them. And it's, like, a 13-year-old girl should not be having to feel these experiences or feelings because, you know, colleges are just down people's throats right now. <laughs> I know. I always go back and forth. I'm like, wow, it would be so awesome to be committed that young, but also, like, it's just so scary and like you don't even know every day I'm changing of who I am as a person so it's like 
like you said, just to like be kind of snag stagnant in like what they think they're getting from the time that they're 13 to what right. they think they'll get at like mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, even with like the coaches too, like you could commit me at 13, but then you see me when I'm 18 and I'm not what you thought. And then same thing that happened, like you get decommitted and now you're stuck. So I just feel like it limits people. But going into UMaine, then you had a really good relationship with your coach ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it made it a lot easier because obviously it was nerve wracking, right? Like you've worked so hard to play division one and then you're there and it's like, what do you do when you're there? Cause you've just been like working for this moment. So they made it a lot easier because I had a rough transition, just like being so culture shocked and just seeing how everyone was so amazing was a little scary for me. <laughs> so it was a bit of a jump to play boarding school to D1 college? I would say for, like, Northwood, like, at that time, we weren't super strong. Me and actually my best friend from UMaine, I mean, excuse me, from Northwood went to UMaine with me. So besides us, there really wasn't a ton of, like, skill players so then we went to a whole new situation where everyone knows how to play like it's so competitive like if you don't show up one practice you could be scratched kind of thing where in high school right you don't sit everyone plays so mm-hmm. that was like I think the hardest thing for me what was your favorite thing about playing at UMaine I feel like it's it was just being able to say that I made it like I think that it was a really difficult process to getting there and I think honestly like the first time I, like, got to put my jersey on and play, my mom, she, we found out that day I was playing, she drove up all the way from Long Island to see me. So I think that was my favorite, like, moment, mm-hmm. that first game. But I think one thing that's special about Maine, there's not a lot of sports up there or not a lot of colleges. So we were, like, heroes to everyone in Maine. So I think that was really special, too, just playing at Maine. Do you remember your first college goal? Yeah. <laughs> I scored at RPI. And my parents were there, and my best friend came, and it was just, like, such a typical goal of me. I'm, like, pretty much a grinder. (laughs) I'm not, like, a goal scorer (laughs) by any means. And, yeah, it it was really – I was so hyped. Like, it was actually, like, the anniversary. She, like, sent me the snap video of it, my best friend. And, like, I was flying down that line. Like, they slap everyone's hands. But it was – It was really exciting, for sure. That's so exciting. I know, I'm just thinking about all the girls that are in college right now and, like, how they should be playing games pretty soon, and it's like... Yeah, it's so sad. I'm so glad that I was graduated. Definitely. I I noticed on your bio that it said that you were a member of Team One. What is that? What is Team One? So, Team One is uh, one of my teammates that I played with. And that means her dad, like, ran a tournament team for her age group. So, it was like, you would have girls who were committed to, like, Wisconsin or played at Wisconsin or uh, UVM. Like, there's just girls from everywhere. So, it's just, like, top players from different schools across the country that played together. So, I played them for pretty much my whole college career. And now, what's really cool my program and is like at every tournament with their program so now they're doing what we're doing like they have a bunch of girls different ages so it kind of turned more into just like a summer program team not just like our age like college girls now so which is really cool and good for the sport is that where you and Ashley got some of your motivation from and inspiration from team one no definitely It wasn't that. I think it was more, like I said, like, we're from Long Island, and, you know, 
there was nothing for us. So Mm -hmm. it started off giving Long Island girls an opportunity. So it wasn't just like to get, you know, college girls together or whatever, but it was more solely to just give younger female hockey players an opportunity to do what the boys have. Like my, I remember when I was younger, my brother got to go everywhere. He went to Chicago, he went to Florida, he went to California and like, for Long Island, we would go to, like, Boston. <laughs> that was it. So just giving them an opportunity to have what, you know, boys got. I know. I think we need to increase the number of scouted tournaments and, like, places where girls can get looked at because it is, like, very concentrated in certain areas, and it's hard to get, like, those outside areas in there. Yeah, definitely. And it grows the game, too. Like, if you see us in St. Louis and there's little girls watching their brothers at these events or at these rinks like then they see it they're like I want to do that too so it's more like giving someone an opportunity but just also like spreading knowledge of female hockey too. I noticed that for a couple of years in a row you also received the award for being a scholar athlete at your college. Yes. (laughs) So were you pretty dedicated to being a nurse from the moment that you got into college or did you have to like trans or not transfer but like change your major kind of figure out what your passion was outside of hockey? Yeah so I switched in my sophomore year. I originally thought I wanted to do business and um, kinesiology together and I started taking some classes for that and like I didn't really love it and then there was a little girl who was a part of our hockey team at Maine. Her name was Maggie. Um, She had black diamond anemia. She was a part of our team through Team Impact and like her story just changed my life. Like she had a bone marrow transplant when she was three you know she had a really hard life growing up and the one thing that she always used to tell me that her favorite part of being in the hospital was all the nurses because they made them made her feel so much more comfortable and they like did all these fun things with her while she was sick in the room and that kind of just like inspired me to kind of go in that direction mm-hmm. and I was super close with her too so even right now I'm still trying to pursue pediatric hematology oncology so like with the cancer patients or anyone with a rare blood disease so we'll see if it happens but that's she really inspired me the most I would say wow I also came across an article that said you were looking at neonatal intensive care is that kind of out of the picture then no I just feel like the hematology oncology is like my it's always been my number one Mm -hmm. but i neonatal intensive care unit is very similar in terms of like this is life or death for these babies so I got to do a couple rotations there and I really loved it too and there's definitely more opportunities for NICU because they're everywhere but hematology oncology there's only a couple hospitals like in big cities that have it so it could be a a plan for sure but I'm going to apply to those two probably for when I'm graduated. Yeah you have to be so specialized in nursing huh? Yeah, I mean, people can do med surge and stuff like that if they're not really sure what they want, but Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to have a really amazing life experience to kind of tailor what I wanted to do, so that helped me kind of figure out what I wanted. Did COVID freak you out at all, or were you able to, like, get some extra work hours in? Yeah, so we actually, it definitely freaked me out at first just because it was so new and we didn't know a lot mm-hmm. but we as nursing students weren't able to like care for COVID patients but we were still in the hospital caring for all the patients that you know 
some of the nurses had to get pulled away from. So we had volunteer opportunities for that. So we got to do that. Um, and even now, like being so exposed to it and being in a healthcare setting, like it is very scary and very real, but I think being in the hospital during it has taught me just how to handle it better. And I've educated myself too. So I feel more okay with it, but it still is definitely a scary thing because you just never know who has it, how you can get it. It's just crazy. Yeah, that it is. (laughs) So you were suspended a last couple games of your senior season. Do you Mm want to talk about that at all or are you like rather skip over it? I mean, we can talk about it. I mean, I think it's important that people know or any person who listens to it, like it's okay to you know, go through things and mess up. But um, it was actually a situation where one of our teammates was not a good person. And she like came up to me in a bar and I didn't want anything to do with her. So I turned my back and she punched me in the face. So then I got suspended for getting punched in the face with her. So it was, I still don't really think I did anything wrong, but it's just a good lesson. Like, you can be involved in something and, you know, still get the same um, consequences. So just, like, it sucked, but, you know, you can learn from it and it hopefully it's a story to help others so they're not put themselves in bad situations. But that was pretty much the gist of it. And it was at a bar, so it made it ten times worse. Yeah. Were you nervous to tell your coaches and stuff? No, I, I wasn't nervous because I knew – Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, but I think it put him in a really difficult position because I just felt like he didn't really know what to do and it looked bad because it was like a pretty big deal. So I just think he had to do what he had to do and it sucked. But I, when I went in to tell him, I had a really good relationship with him, so I wasn't scared. But it, yeah, so <laughs> that is what happened. <laughs> That's pretty much the gist. Yeah, I was like doing the research and everything. It just is so shocking to me because I've made mistakes, but, like, luckily I've been able to, like, keep them to myself. But I'm, like, reading about this, and there's, like, a couple articles. I'm like, oh, I feel so bad because, you know, it's just a little bump and a little bruise, but it sucks to have those articles out there. Yeah, and that's what it, like, is difficult when you, like, get to, like, higher levels or, you know, like, any athlete. It doesn't matter what sport, like, you're – there's, like, a magnifying glass on you, so it's, like – that was probably, like, the hardest day of my life. There were so many articles posted, but some girl on our team got arrested for DUI. That's why the situation kind of blew up, yeah. which was a totally different occurrence from what happened in the bar. But because it all happened the same night, he was just like, I think the DUI was kind of the thing that made them kind of close the whole case and just say, you're all suspended. But on the things, it says I broke all these rules and stuff, but... I have, like, paperwork from the university saying I didn't break any rules, so I'm okay, but but the other girl is not that great who got a DUI. Yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. I was more concerned about, like, the NWHL finding out and being like, you're not allowed to play. And I was, but they were like, we don't. And then I left early and started playing with the Riveters early in that season, so it really worked out for the best, but... It was definitely a shitty week, that situation. You know the guys graduate, well, they finish their season senior year, and then they go and play pro. But I didn't even think about that. I just figured that you stayed and finished out your school year. So basically, 
I called the Riveters and told them that, like, I was done with my season, and then they called me up, and they asked me if I could be in Jersey the next day, so I got to practice with them, I got to see what my Jersey would look like, and it was a good experience, but I didn't have enough games to play in playoffs, so, but I still got to go and practice and stuff, but just like the men do, like, I was definitely able to, like, leave school, like, we made some of my classes online, and I, I made it work, so that was really cool, and I don't feel like that happens a lot with women, so... That was cool to do, too. Yeah, that's awesome. That, like, wasn't an issue with doing clinicals or anything? No, because at that time, I stopped doing nursing at Maine. So I put it on pause. Okay. That's why I'm starting again. I started again this past, these past two years. But, so it was no problem at all. Gotcha. Wait, so then what did you get your degree in? I switched to child development because I had a minor in that. So I chose that because, like I said, I wanted to do, like, pediatrics. So I was like, I'll just run with this because this will help me later on when I need a job. So, But I somehow finagled a child development degree in one semester. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) And I got to leave and play pro hockey. So I must have did something right. I don't know. But, yeah. What's it like just jumping into a team, like a competitive team like that, in the middle of the season? Like, that was, like, really scary because – And all the Olympians were still playing in the NWHL, so I was on the ice with, like, Amanda Kessel, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love you, and I've watched you for years in the Olympics. <laughs> but I had to, like, play cool. Like, she's like, hey, I'm Amanda. I'm like, hey, I'm Kaylee. Like, yeah. got the inside. <laughs> but, yeah, that was really cool because the player pool there was, like, amazing. But I remember my, like, first shot in pr- that practice. I shot so hard I, like, fell over and slid right into Kessel, like, after I shot. I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> but it was really cool just to kind of see what's, like, how it was, you know, to be just in the, the league and kind of see how it worked. And I think that's what kind of, like, helped me or, like, gave me an edge starting my rookie season season because I was a rookie but I still was kind of there before and got to experience it so it made that transition a little easier yeah were you the only on only girl on the team that did that yeah okay mm-hmm. gotcha mm-hmm. that is so crazy I know I know it's cool right it is so from the black bears you were the first girl to ever play professional hockey how's that uh it was, it was cool I think um it was more like the the draft, I think, was like the first. Like, mm-hmm. we never had someone drafted. So that was really cool because there's been a lot of amazing players that have, like, come through Maine and that I look up to and got to play against. But having that title, like, the first one to get drafted was pretty cool. Like, I remember when my coach called me and told me, I was just like, I don't think I said anything for, like, 30 seconds. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. But, yeah, it was special for sure. And, you know, like I said before, like, I'm not, like, a very flashy player, like, very hard worker, get things done, score occasionally. So I think that was, like, a big victory, too, because, you know, you don't have to be Ovechkin or, you know, someone scoring all these goals and stuff. Like, you can be a hard worker and – kind of seen behind the spotlight but still get glory sometimes so it was pretty cool a real breathtaking moment yes definitely (laughs) and then is there a funny story with when you signed your first contract I was on vacation visiting family in Tennessee so I don't want to say funny but my 
family was just trying to like get me to laugh and stuff as I was signing it because it was just a big deal. And but I had a ton of family there, so it was like it was fun. And was it the team that you were expecting to go to? Yeah, I was a little nervous. Nothing against the Connecticut team, but I had talked to both of them, and I knew that they were in between drafting me but I was really relieved and super excited that it was like the team that I've like dreamed on being on actually drafted me and ended up getting to play for them so it was kind of like I said like the goal I had going into college so it like came true and it was definitely overwhelming but super exciting and a couple of girls from Maine have gone to the other pro teams is it always fun playing against them yeah, like my, she was a senior when I was a freshman, Audra Richard, she plays for Minnesota, and like, she was like my big sister when she was at Maine, so playing her is so different, like I think like we faced off against each other a couple times and like chirped each other at the face-off, so that was fine, but now my two like best best friends are playing this year, and I can't wait to play against them because they're both my roommates, so I it's going to be so different, but I'm excited to see what chirps are thrown. Across the during that game. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So, okay, so you weren't the first to play professional, but the first to get drafted. Yeah, first to get drafted. Yep. Gotcha. Elite prospects. They have you listed as the first, so at least you get it on the internet. <laughs> well, it's better than my uh, getting punched in the face article, so I'll take that. Yeah, they balance out. Yeah. <laughs> So was it kind of, well, I was going to say humbling, but not so much humbling. Was it an honor to be named the assistant captain your first season playing pro? Yeah, that was another, like, breathtaking moment. I, I'm so, like, I, all my emotions I wear in my face. The same thing. I literally was like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was 23, and, like, Packer, the captain's almost, like, 30, 31. I'm like, this is so crazy, but... It was very intimidating. Like, last year was hard for me to kind of, like, come out of my shell, like, where I was fine at Maine and Northwood, I could be vocal. But it was definitely intimidating, I would say, but a huge honor, and I got to get the A again this season. So now I can, like, kind of come out of my shell a little bit more. But it's hard as a rookie because you don't know what the league's like yet. You know, you're just kind of getting involved. So... But to be seen um, like that in that view for my teammates was really amazing because they voted for us. So it was really special. Madison Packer and Rebecca Morris, were they big influences on you? Yeah, like Packer is probably one of my closest friends on the team. And Moose is just, we call her Moose, sorry, Rebecca (laughs) Morris. She's just so like nurturing. Like anytime I felt like insecure, I would always tell her, I'm like, I want to say this, but I don't know how to say it and if it's okay for me to say it. And they both have just kind of guided me into, like, being my own leader, too. So I can lean on them for anything. But really, I find that they're just, you know, trying to tell me to, like, trust myself. And, you know, I was there for a reason. So, but they were definitely huge in helping me throughout last season, for sure. Does your team vibe together really well? Yeah, I mean, we're this year we have a lot of new girls, so we haven't really had time together yet. Mm-hmm. But last year we were so close. Like every every time we were in the bus or anything like that, it was just such a cool environment. Like I don't think anyone ever hated each other, got into fights. Like 
it was just a really amazing team. And I think that's so rare in girls hockey to not have like a ton of drama, but it was just fun all the time. So they, we definitely vibed together. That's for sure. <laughs> Do you wish playing women's professional that you guys were able to focus more purely just on the sport? Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, you know, I look at our situation when I'm watching the NHL and I'm like, the way we play and like who we are as players, like we literally could be making the same amount of money as these players are and they're making millions of dollars and that's frustrating for sure. It just is crappy that it's like the reality of it right now. Mm -hmm. But every year we've been working towards getting better and better and the incentives and um, sponsorship dollars that we get from the league has been amazing. Like we got an a ton of money at the end of the season for having a 50-50 revenue split. So it's definitely getting better every year. So I'm really excited to like be a part of it, but it is frustrating. But I am lucky that I have found a career that I really love and I'm happy I get to still do both. But in the future, I really hope that, you know, the girls that I'm coaching get to be where I am and, you know, have a livable wage and get to only play hockey because that'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be. Did you ever think about going abroad and maybe playing somewhere else that does have a better balance of wages towards, like, their players? No, I, I, kind of the NWHL has always been, like I said, like the goal. Mm -hmm. And I'm a pretty persistent person. And I like to just kind of stick to what my head tells me. But I've never really been interested in going overseas just because I, I always knew I had nursing. So it was never really an option for me. But, I mean, I think it would be really cool if I, like, didn't have anything or I was not sure, like, what I want to do with my life. I definitely would. But for – what I was doing, I this was definitely the plan I wanted to stick with. Was there ever an injury in hockey or something that really got your, like, nursing side excited? Well, my cousins, I don't know what it is in my family. Like, four of my cousins and my little brother tore their ACL. Like, hopefully no one else gets up. Not gonna yeah. We all have, like, really <laughs> But I got to see him home during that. So it was kind of cool to see how he, like, rehabbed back like knowing kind of what everything was now and like how, you know, how important like taking your meds are and doing your physical therapy. So that was pretty cool. And he made it like an amazing recovery. So following that was really amazing. What's the next goal that you're looking to achieve in your hockey life and maybe your personal life? I would say, I think my playing career, I don't know how much longer it's going to last once I'm actually a nurse. So I think really, no matter if it's a year with playing or 15 years of coaching, is just continuing to, like, grow the game because I feel like I've fulfilled all, like, my hopes and dreams. So now the next step is really providing a path for, you know, younger girls to have the same opportunities that I had and more. So however I can be involved, whether, you know, it's working in, like, the NWP, uh, NWHL, like, Players Association or um, doing something with a college team, prep school, whatever it is, that's kind of where I see myself fitting in and just, yeah, keep continuing to grow the game. <laughs> that's kind of, like, my plan, but we'll see where it leads. But And then being a nurse, definitely the top priority. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Are there any common questions that you get from the girls that you coach? The, the thing they always ask is just kind of like, what is it like to be a professional athlete? And, I mean, regardless of the financial situation, it's just so amazing to finally just, you know, have it come out of your mouth that you're a professional athlete. So that's what I just tell them. And I never focus really on, like, the money part of it when I'm explaining it to them. But you just get to reach – the highest level of your sport and that's the most amazing thing that you can reach for and that's why I just kind of like tell them and implement um but that's definitely like the number one question and then they ask me like how do you get so many Instagram likes (laughs) 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 but that's pretty much it (laughs) that is so funny I know it's such like a It's kind of crazy because my dad will always say to me, like, oh, I just got a TV when I was, like, this old and, like, cell phones at this old. And now it's, like, our age. These people are growing up with social media and everything where we're, like, oh, like, we didn't even have that until we were, like, 20 years old. (laughs) It's so crazy. Like, I'll walk into the locker room and, like, our 10 U's are doing, like, TikTok dances. And I'm, like, oh, my God, (laughs) I can't believe this. But it is what it is, too. Like, it's a huge recruiting tool now. Like, there's eight-year-olds who are, like, posting skills and, like, tricks and stuff. And I, I literally can't do it. But it's that's what it is now. Everyone has, like, a hockey page, but then a personal page. It's really weird. But they're educating me because I feel like I should know everything about, like, Instagram and stuff. But I know nothing compared to them. Yeah, I've noticed that, that a lot of the younger kids will just put, like, their stats in their bio. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know this is how we're doing it. It's wild, like, how social media influences hockey now, but it's it's definitely a real thing. And, like, when we have tryouts and girls can't make it, they, like, send us their Instagram videos and stuff. And it's definitely a good recruiting tool, but that's kind of, like, their age now. That's what they're doing. Did you enjoy playing in the outdoor game? Yeah, that was so fun. There were so many people, and it really kind of felt like, you know, the Winter Classic, and I actually scored my first NWHL goal in that game, and I had my uh, whole family there with me, so that was really cool, and I was actually playing against one of my best friends from Maine, too, so that was really special. Yeah, that's so exciting, and right there, that's a big step for girls hockey. Yeah, that was super fun. I wish that we could have gotten, like, my little girls to see it, because that, that, moment really felt like okay I'm a professional hockey player now so that was really cool so yeah that was the first game where it really hit you yeah I would say like I think I was just so nervous like in the beginning games I don't know what it was but it was just packed like people that were like drinking beers in the stand at our game I'm like this is so crazy like this is like a real arena like it was really cool that was really special. Is there any advice that you give to the rookies of your teams when they're going into their first games with all the jitters? I think what I would say and tell them is pretty much just soak it all in. Like, I think I was just so nervous to play with, like, I was playing with Packer at the time when we started. I'm like, uh, just per- she played at Wisconsin. Like, she's so amazing. Like, it can be overwhelming playing with those, like, top players. Mm-hmm. But just to soak it in and trust yourself because you're there for a reason. Yeah, was she, like, the most intimidating person to kind of get to know and to play with? Yeah, yeah. I was like, 
I, I mean, I, when I came in, I was like, this is who I want to play with. So I ended up getting that. But at some points I was like, oh my God. And she's like the sweetest person ever, like such a softy, but she has such like a, a flat face and you're not talking with her and mm-hmm. she's on the ice. She's like so intense. So I was like, does she like me? Does she like playing with me? But she is, we obviously became super close, but I played with her and Kate Leary who played at Boston college and like I said, like I'm such a grinder and these two people just score goals like they could be behind the net, close their eyes, do like a tumble salt and still <laughs> score somehow. So it was pretty cool playing with them that way, but I would say definitely the most intimidating was Packard. Plus she's the captain, so it was like scary. But it, I was really lucky to play with her and she helped me a lot last year on the ice with anything and off the ice as well not just the captain stuff just like in life so she's really amazing are there any other moments in your hockey career that have just like kind of blown you away I would say that definitely that Buffalo game in the Buffalo Classic my first ever division one game against Quinnipiac and then we when we went to the Hockey East finals for the first time in like humane history we beat BU in overtime. We were down like three nothing going into the third period and in five minutes we tied them, went to OT and won. That was like I was I was like I, I feel like I'm watching Miracle right now. <laughs> it was so crazy. And then playing in the um the the uh, final four hockey East was really amazing too. So that whole switch that whole end of my junior year was uh, definitely a highlight for sure. That's so awesome. <laughs> I know. I literally was, like, again, my mouth just dropped. I was like, I can't believe this just happened, but it was really cool. So if you got to relive a moment of your life, would that be, like, up there and, like, one of them? Yeah. I I don't know. It's such a hard one. I don't know. I think I, think I would want to relive the Buffalo game the most, <laughs> but that one would be a close second for sure. And what about the All-Star game? Is that up there? Yeah, that was really cool, too. And it was so different because it was four-on-four, so there was just so much room, so much ice, and so many fast players of skill. I remember I played with another rookie. We were paired together, and we came back after the first shift with each other, and we were like, oh, my God, (laughs) so out of breath, like, so nervous. That was really fun, too. Like, tons of people there. That was really amazing, too. So I know you and Brooke Stacy were working together on that did she do like this a skill part of yeah. it and then you did the game part? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mhm. That was cool too cuz I like got to share it with my best friend. So that was really special. Who's been your favorite coach to play for so far? Oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> um, I think my favorite would definitely have to be my coaches at Northwood. Her name is Andrea Kilborn Hill and Aaron Farmer. They were just so amazing. Like, I feel like those four years at Northwood just, like, really shaped me and who I am. And they were, like, my moms away from home. And I don't know. They just did so much for me. And, like, my high school period will always be my favorite in hockey, I think, even though, like, all those moments are really great. But, like, in a whole, like, definitely Northwood experience there is what kind of made me into the player and person I am today. So I owe that a lot of that to them. Is, Definitely that, them. is that where you fell in love with the game? Yeah, I would say so. Like, it was like I was, like, 
falling in love before, but that whole four years, like, this is what I want to do forever. Have you been involved in helping your girls commit to college teams? So we, like, started the process with them, like, kind of teaching them how to email schools, like, what to say, you know, emailing them before every tournament that we had, like, from 14U and up. But really, like, their decisions were kind of their own. But it was us more just, like, guiding them in, through that process um, to get where they have options for schools and stuff. So you said that you're going to, like, finish out school and then maybe see where hockey is at that point. Is that your plan? Yeah. I mean, if I can make working as a nurse and playing hockey work, I will absolutely do that. And my coaches are and GM at the Riveters are really amazing. I've been, like, super flexible with me, and we have a really good relationship. So I guess it all is dependent on how I do this year, too, but – I would hope to at least play for another three to four years if I can. But we'll see. I don't know what the job's going to be like, but I hope it works out. Because you only work three days a week, so we'll see. Yeah, I hope that works out too. Because it's like, how long are your shifts if you only work three days a week, 12 hours? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of doing it now already, and I it's fine. But I'm also going to school doing that and stuff. So having those shifts, I feel like, could be more doable but I'm also so naive because I feel like once you're like actually thrown in as a real nurse it's like a whole nother world so we'll see if I'm still saying this once I'm actually a nurse but that's the plan. Do you know anyone else that's kind of followed that pathway? Do you know of any other professional players that are also in the medical world? I know like someone in Boston does like medical research. Mm-hmm. I don't know of like any specific people that are nurses but I know that they're in the league so maybe they'd be like a good person for me like reach out to but I'm not like sure like on the other teams who's actually a nurse and who's not but I know that there are nurses in the league but there's no nurses on our team so do you guys have time to hang out together and everything as a team or is it really just like more focused on like okay this is my outside life and this is my life with the team here no, we definitely get to hang out a lot. A lot of people live in Jersey now, like we're not as spread out. But I'm in Long Island, so I have to like travel to see them if I wanted to. But obviously, this year's a little different with COVID because we can't like gather all the time, you know, and do things. But like last year, we would go out after every game when we were home. We would, I would stay at like one of my teammates' house if I, you know. It was a late practice, and it was too late for me to drive home because I drive an hour and a half to practice every day. Jesus. So that helped me out a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it's a lot. So, But we we definitely have plenty of time. Like, I would, like, go on my off days. We'd, like, go see a movie and then go to practice with some of my teammates. So definitely time. Is it odd having such a big age gap between your teammates? You would think so, but not really. Which is so weird. Sometimes I, like, forget when I'm, like, talking with, like, Packer or Rebecca that they're so much older than I am. But not really. I think, like, maybe in terms of, like, things that, like, we talk about compared to them. Like, when we, like, are all about, like, Instagram or TikTok and they're like, what's that? (laughs) I think we had one girl last year who... She's uh, a ninja warrior. She had breast cancer. And she was, like, mid-30s and was on our team. So she was probably the one that, like, probably didn't feel, like, as connected to us. But we were still really close with her, and she was really sweet. But I feel like her specifically was more of, like, 
just different. So, but so good. She was really nice. So, would you ever try and do the Ninja Warrior? I think when like I used to like lift like all the time, like like really into Olympic lifting, and I was super super strong, but I was like bulky, so I've kind of like switched my gear of training a little bit to like be faster on the ice. So I think when I was like bulkier and super strong yeah but now I feel like holding on to those things are like jumping you know when you have those rings and you have to like jump on the thing and hold on yeah, yeah. I would fall right away so <laughs> probably not anymore but maybe when I was younger so with the heavy lifting you didn't feel as good on the ice yeah I just I was kind of more last year when I like kind of felt it like I just felt so bulky and I was getting more tired during games where when I was like more lean I was more I had more endurance but I had much more power when I was like bulkier so mm-hmm. it was like a trade-off like what I want and like for me as a player I found like having more endurance and like being more speedy is more my style game because that's like me skating is what saves me <laughs> on the ice but so it's just kind of like figuring out what really worked for me and I think in college, having that more like, explosiveness was more important. But now, with playing pro, my, like, beat and quickness and, like, agility is more important. And what about your team trainers? What did they focus towards? Um, we, I mean, we probably just do, like, the standard workouts that you would still do in college. Like, very similar. But, like, we can communicate, like, where we feel we need improvements or what our goals are and they'll like kind of work for us with us for that but it's like the strength training but we mix in like cardio and sprints and things into that but mostly like just strength training and then in it's like mid-season it's more maintaining and you know like getting those like deloads and stretches and things like that would you ever think about being a trainer for one of your teams for one of the nwhl teams that would be really cool I think and if I could like finagle it I totally would but I always used like used to say to myself that I'm going to end up going back to Northwood and being like the head coach there and working as the nurse for the school so I could see that like when I'm older and like ready to like kind of chill but that would be really fun I think that's a really good plan that would be so much fun I know, and Lake Placid's literally the best, so we'll see. But that would be really cool. Is there a lot going on there? Because my, the boarding school that I went to, it was, like, kind of secluded, so, like, living the rest of my life there seems strange. But if it was in, like, a bigger town, I would love to do something like that. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, like, what the what the guidelines are, if they can, like, go in town or not. But if they could walk around and, like, hike and stuff like that, I would – very much like to be quarantined <laughs> at Northwood because Lake Placid is just so cool, especially in the winter. Like, they can go play pond hockey all day. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be really cool. So I hope that's what it's like for them, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, but I mean, just like, you know, in the, like, world before COVID, does Lake oh, Placid yeah. in that area have a lot going on? Yeah, I mean, there's always something, like, there's always – like the bobsled world championships there there's always ski races going on or ski jumps you can go ski at the mountain if you had a free weekend you could rock climb 
ice climb. So if you're not really outdoorsy, no. But if you are outdoorsy, yes. <laughs> Have you ever watched the bobsled championships? Yeah, it was so cool. And they are so jacked. Like, really? Yeah, it was, yeah, you, you would think like they just like sit in the like little sled. I don't even know what it's called, yeah. but they are like, I've never seen someone have such jacked legs before in my entire life. And they're like all really tall too, which is so weird because they fit in that little thing, but they are definitely intense athletes. That's for sure. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I know, right? You wouldn't think, but. No, yeah. I don't know, like, anything about bobsledding besides, like, that I've seen the machine and, like, the track that they go down. So I wonder, yeah, how much legs is involved in that? Yeah, I think the push is everything. That's, like, the biggest thing, the first initial start when they're, like, running and then they jump into it, but they were jacked. I don't know if it was just that, the group that I saw, <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, like, Definitely, like, eats protein for every meal. <laughs> Did you ever think about going to Plattsburgh? I know they're D3, but they're in that area, and they were, like, crushing it. I think they had just won back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, an option, like, when I wasn't committed going into senior year, for sure. They contacted me a bunch, but it was nothing against, like, the D1, a D3, D1 situation. It's just kind of what I wanted was to just – go play D1, but that wouldn't have been a bad situation at all because I would be a three-time national champion if I went there. So it's yeah. like the trade-off, what you want. So I went with playing at Maine, but I could very easily have made the decision to do that and still had an amazing experience for sure. When you were younger and trying to figure out your career, was there someone that you really looked up to or like sought advice from? Yeah, I mean... I'm trying to think there's so many people, <laughs> but there was this one, well, there is one girl who lives in Long Island. Her name's Taylor Holtz. She played for the Riveters in like the first season, but she also played at BU and her younger brother played with my older brother. So I just kind of like grew up or being around her at the rink and stuff. And I just thought she was like the coolest thing. So I, I kind of followed her and I asked her a ton of questions when I was starting my process for college and even just for Riveters, like, I mean, women's hockey was in a really fragile state going into last season, so I didn't really know what I, you know, I guess you could say their sides. I didn't know what side I wanted to be a part of, and, um, you know, talking with her and a couple others really helped solidify my decision to play in the NWHL last year. What do you mean in a fragile state? So, like, in terms of, like, how there's, like, the NWHL and the PWHPA, mm -hmm. um, so... We just, I think, in all, I think everyone just wants to grow the game, and there's two different ways of doing that, and I felt more in sync with what the NWHL was doing and their mission, but I very easily could have done the PWHPA, too, but I just went with that decision, and that's why it was, like, more fragile, just, like, I felt like I had to pick a side, but at the end of the day, I don't have any, like, disrespect for anyone who's on either side if they're against what I'm doing because we're not really against each other we're just trying to grow women's hockey in like a different way no I think it's so awesome just the way that you guys are growing the sport and leaving bridge of play further back for the girls that want to do it mm -hmm. and I think that's it and like you've already like gotten yourself down in the, like the history books for like being the first on your team to get drafted and the first in the outdoor game and everything. That's so awesome. 
Yeah, it's definitely the past couple years have been crazy. You know, like I said, like just wanting to get there is one thing, but like, what do you do when you've reached your goal? You know, you want to make the most of it. So it's been fun trying to like navigate, you know, through my dreams, I guess, Mm -hmm. and see what I actually can do when I'm there. Is there a lot of competition between you and your brothers? It sounds like you guys are all pretty good at your sport. I mean, I wouldn't say when we were younger, like we, it was, we would, when we got angry at each other, we would like locker box in the back of our house. (laughs) I mean, not really now. Like it was, we're just so different. Like all of us together as players, like my older brother, Nick is like very skillful. Like he's the goal scorer. Like same what like Madison can score doing literally anything in any spot in the rink. And then I'm more of like the hard worker and then my little brother is like both of us mixed, but he has like this crazy attitude. Like I don't, I would not want to mess with him on the edge. <laughs> and maybe that's because he's a younger one and he's been through some stuff from dealing with his older brother and sister. But more when we were younger. But now it's just like cool to say because it's not really common that like a family has three players who are all playing at high levels or similar levels. So. I just think it's, like, cool, and I get to, like, brag about my two brothers who are really good. It's a nice family lineup. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's too bad my parents can't play because I need to be a full set. (laughs) I know. You think they would have because you know how, like, it's always the people that play the sport that they're like, oh, my kid's going to be the best. Mm -hmm. But do you think that's what helped a little bit is that it wasn't as much pressure from your parents? Definitely, because I see some of the way these parents talk to their kids now, and I'm like, I'm so happy my dad didn't even know what, like, offsides was when we were playing. So, definitely, it was more like every time I came back to the car, it was like, you played a good job, even if I played the worst game. Like, they're just supportive because they don't know anything. So, but they, they know a lot more now, obviously, watching three of their kids go through and play, but... But, yeah, it definitely helped when you were younger because, like I said, watching some of the parents who, like, know what they're doing and, like, the pressure they put on their kids, it's really sad. Yeah, it definitely is hard. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to with this upcoming season? Yeah, I think it's – I mean, it's so – we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm interested to see what happens. And I'm sure whatever the situation is, it's going to be – unique and it probably won't happen again hopefully the world doesn't go into another pandemic so I'm excited to see where that takes us but so I don't really know a lot about what's happening this season but I'm just excited to play because it's been so long thank you for coming on my podcast no problem thanks for having me it's so fun